that ring a bell? Does that ring a bell? Yes, of course. Of course it does. Now you know why you tuned in. It is Friday, the 9th of October, 2020. And this is episode 29 of the Way It Is official Bobby Galinsky podcast. Now, I wish it was the 29th of October, episode 29, lots of 29s, uh, because on that day in 1929, that's when the stock market crashed in the U.S. That was the, you know, the grandmother's supreme catastrophic death knell spiral wormhole cross-dressing suicide out the window onto the pavement investor day of all time. And I just kind of wish it was the 29th and this was episode 29 and we had all that so that maybe as I'm podcasting, I could hear the world just disintegrate because everything comes around again. But that's not going to happen. One, the dates don't correspond. And two, that's just not going to happen. So this is just a good old episode 29, and it is on the 9th of October, and nines are my lucky number. So numerologically, this is a huge day. Huge, huge day. We have so much going on today. As you probably know, if you're a subscriber, or should know, because you should be a subscriber, we've got a fantastic interview with Hollywood star Antonio Sabato Jr., who, if you're a little older, like maybe my age, or somewhere in that generation, you would have known he was a massive star, Jagger Cates on General Hospital, then co, uh, co-starring in the big hit with Lou Diamond Phillips and Alicia Silverstone in the Mark Wahlberg, and a, str- a string of movies, fantastic guy. And then something happened. But like a phoenix, he's back, and we'll be talking to him later in the show. Very, uh, very excited to have you hear this conversation. And uh, we have a lot going on today. The pre- the president is out of the hospital, out of Walter Reed, and back home in the White House, which is all good. We do like the president to be stable and healthy, don't we? Well, apparently not, if you look on social media. We'll be talking about that a little bit, bit later. Regardless who you support, there is some absolute evil and darkness out there, and We'll be calling that out because we try and be nice, as you know. Generally, I overstep the mark from time to time. I've been told that. I admit that. But nice is my middle name, bitches. Anyway, um, what else is happening? It's, It's just weeks from Halloween. And guess what? We're still locked down in beautiful Bayside, Melbourne, Victoria, behind the Ring of Steel. The Wu flu Chinese plague cases have been coming down. COVID, COVID not so infecting everything from Wuhan quite so much, but it's still too high. And there are hints that the understar Fuhrer, Dan Andrews, might not keep his promise about letting us out in literally nine days from now. It's another nine, nine days from now in the Dan Andrews countdown advent calendar. All I can say is if he doesn't open it up on that day he promised, there's going to be a lot of very, very, 
very upset people here. About about four million, and uh, about two million of which are directly connected to businesses who are just not going to like it. But we're just, as we said before, about 106 months ago, going to take that wait and see position to see what happens on that day. Because really, even though, as you know, I just like everything about this lockdown, we did all agree to kind of comply, follow this thing, give him the time. So, you know, you you can't call time early. You, you can't say that uh, the Republicans can't select Amy Coney Barrett as a Supreme Court justice late in the year because the term isn't over till January. So time's not up and you can't fully attack Daniel Andrews, even though, my God, the Royal Commission, if you live here in Australia, the ineptitude of what's going on there and lies and deceit from, we don't even know who yet, um, is, you know, palpable, but we got to give him till the 18th, which is the date. So I found that date, things progress, great. And if not, well, I think you catch my drift. <laughs> Those sound effects are for humorous purposes only, not suggestions of violence. Major disclaimer. Okay, anyway, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's going, yeah, he's violent. He's urging us to be violent. No, 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 no. Just, just being entertaining. Just being entertaining. Govern yourselves accordingly. Anyway, well, some of the groovy, wild, cool things that we're going to talk about this week is um, kind of updating you on what you should or should not have been listening to, watching, doing, wearing, smelling, drinking, cooking, and so many other things. Well, first of all, why we can't have nice things. Dune, the long-awaited Dune. James Bond, the long-awaited James Bond. Not for you. No, not for you. Not till next year in 2022, respectively. We'll talk about that in the entertainment section. We will talk about fine wines. We will talk about a little bit of sadness, a little bit of sadness in the uh, fashion industry and some greatness in the fashion industry. And we are going to talk about some really cool stores, some really cool experiences, and give you a couple of insights in what's happening in the future. And one of the things that you need to do in the future, let me tell you, please, is spend more time on the website, leaving comments, subscribing, and looking at all the groovy show notes and links and things like that, because I'm told that even though subscribers are growing massively and listeners are growing massively, I am told by Google Analytics, who should know, even though they lie about a lot of stuff and invade our privacy and sell our data to third world countries and Romanian hackers, we should know that you need to go to www, the way it is, or HTTP or whatever, the way it is, dot blueberry dot net. That's the way it is dot blueberry spelled B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot net. And, uh, you know, do all those good things on the site because I'm told my bounce rate needs to improve a bit. Subscribers, 
fantastic growing. Listeners, out of control growing. Bounce rate, people not spending quite enough time on the website, you know, observing and, and doing things. Not that it matters, but I just thought I'd pass it on. You know, it's like, it's like I say, oh, by the way, your, your fly is open. You know, not that it matters. I don't even know you, but your fly is open. It's be nice to know or, you know, a good friend and they're really talking close to you. Not that anyone can talk close to you right now because of social distancing and masks and stuff like that, but their breath, their halitosis is killing you. I don't say, whoa, um, are you familiar with toothbrushes or scope or anything like that? Because you really ought to check it out. That That's a tough one. That's a tough, that is an age old thing. Can you tell a friend, a close friend that they have bad breath? I don't know. I like to say you do, you can't, you can't hear, but I don't think so. I have a very, very, very old friend that I've known 20 years whose, whose breath would be like, you know, a crematorium. And I've never been able to tell him. And I keep moving further and further and further and further away when this i was doing social distancing 10 years ago from this guy great guy but i don't know how do you do that these are the things you need to know social graces here that we that we cover things that you just can't talk about at the dinner table normally now speaking of things that you often can't talk about the dinner table there's a lot of mars pluto energy according to mystic medusa this week and wasn't that full moon last week insane? I know a lot of my listeners that said it was wild, wild dreams, and they didn't sleep very well. Um, well, that could be attributed to a variety of things. But that was just an amazing moon. And I, I've seen lots of pictures online of it, the harvest moon. Harvest moon, technically, in the in the U.S. It's not the harvest here, it's the spring, but it is considered a harvest moon and we are going to have a blue moon this month a second full moon around halloween which is pretty epic but it's all mars and pluto this week so take action and watch out for secrets don't be too blithe don't be too bold that's all i can say and if you see something that you think i got a hunch i should read this read it god such amazing advice and speaking of advice I always like to be proved right. I did have an amazing message from a longtime friend. I won't say his name um, because everyone knows I have no friends, so it makes no difference. But uh, no, a longtime friend who um, has done my 5-2 kind of diet of five days of exercise and eating healthy and no late carbs and only two days of sugar and sweets and alcohol and uh, things like that and weights dropping healthy feeling great. So if I can do it, you can do it. So what's been happening on this day? That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. My firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is Yes, the only thing we need to fear is fear itself. Don't fear the Reaper. Don't fear the COVID. 
Be bold. Anyway, had to sneak that in there because you know who said that. Stay healthy. Well, on this day, so many years ago, one of my favorite segments of the show, often I would cover dozens and dozens and thousands and thousands of things, but today, just really the highlights. On October 9th in 768, Charlemagne and his brother Carloman I are crowned king of the Franks. I guess I could have called him king of the sausages or king of the hot dogs, but king of the Franks probably um, probably is pretty good. I think Frank Sinatra is really king of the Franks, but, you know, who's to argue with history in the year 1000? What a great year, 1000. Who would ever forget that? Leif Erikson discovers Vinland, possibly Lance or Meadows, Canada, reputedly becoming the first European to reach North America. Now, we had a pool in Sioux City, Iowa. In fact, I think it's probably still there when I grew up, called the Leaf Erickson Pool. And it was always a great treat to ride my bicycle there because it was a long bike ride from Valley Drive, where I lived. And um, my mom wasn't keen on it because you had to go through um, dangerous territories, which was any place that wasn't Valley Drive, basically. And uh, often she used to drive me there and then let me off on my bicycle to bike like 10 feet to the pool and then park the bike and then go in and swim, things like that. I was very overprotected, very, very overprotected. And uh, actually one day when we had come back from the pool and then she stopped at North Branch Library, she uh, ran over a dog, didn't kill it, but ran over a dog. I don't know why I remembered that, but I did. Um, and all I can hear right now is, <laughs> it's okay, she lived. In 1446, the Hangul alphabet is published in Korea. <laughs> like anybody gives two fucks about that. 1831, Ionis Capodistrius, the first head of state of modern Greece was assassinated in Nephplion. I'm going to have to look up and see why he was assassinated because I've got a couple of Greek listeners out there. I've got Peter Kalos and I've got uh, Photos out there. So I'm sure they'll educate me on it. But I love a good assassination. And uh, the Greek people, their history is rife with assassination. 1941. Not the movie from Steven Spielberg that was an epic failure and actually on revisit is much better. 1941, U.S. President Franklin D. Roosevelt, a bad dancer, approved an atomic program that would become the Manhattan Project, not the band. So remember, 1941, not the movie, Manhattan Project, not the rhythm band, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, not a good dancer. 2006, North Korea conducts its first nuclear test with estimated yield of between 0.4 to 2 kilotons. Well, that's good. That's good. And on film and television, on this day in 1926, NBC, formerly a really good broadcaster, NBC became a real broadcaster. They formed. In music, on this day in 1986, Phantom of the Opera premiered in London, written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and starring Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman. Now, you all know that I hate theater. 
I don't. I'm not supposed to say hate. See, it's a trigger. Trigger warning. It's, extin- it's an extinction impulse. I dislike theater, but I do like some of the music from Phantom of the Opera and some of the staging. And I have seen it twice, and I don't fall asleep in the middle of it. Um, but I know some people just love theater. They just love. Have you been to the theater? Oh, you absolutely Moscow. Absolutely must go. The problem is people that put that on you. They kind of put on, you know, the negative theatrical thing. Like if you don't like the theater, you're not cultured. I usually never talk to those people twice. Anyway, in sport, 1919, the Reds beat the White Sox five games to three in the 16th World Series. This series is known as the Black Sox scandal as eight White Sox players through the series unbelievable unbelievable well anything's possible because they're saying that a cardinal from the vatican bribed jurors so that archbishop pell could get off of his pedophile trial we'll find out more about that and in speaking in sports just monday night in the third game of the nba finals lebron james who are LeBron James, King James, King James. You know what? I love the Lakers and my favorite team. I think LeBron is a very good player. He will never be great because he's such such a baby. He's he's such a baby. I actually would slap him if he was here right now, and he and he would cry. He left the game before the final buzzer. They were losing, and he walked off court. Now, that is the most unprofessional. Michael Jordan wouldn't do that. Magic Johnson wouldn't do that. Wilt Chamberlain wouldn't do that. No superstar would do that. But he walked off before the end of the game. And someone asked him, oh, didn't you know the game was over? Or were you just making a show? And he goes, oh, both. Jesus, what is that about? They should change the name from the Lakers to the Slackers. Anyway, 1928, the New York Yankees. You notice how I changed my voice from angry to beautiful dulcet tones. 1928, you know, from... Fuck LeBron James! To 1928, New York Yankees sweep the cards in the 25th World Series, becoming the first team to sweep consecutive World Series. And Babe Ruth hit three home runs in the game. By the way, did you know American inventor Isaac Singer patented the sewing machine motor on this day in 1855? Buffalo Bill would have been happy to know that. A couple of famous birthdays. Joe Pepitone from the Yankees. John Lennon. Imagine, imagine there's no bullet in my head today. David Cameron, former PM of England, and Sharon Osbourne, best known as Ozzy Osbourne's wife. Famous divorce on this day in 1973, Elvis left the building. Elvis and Priscilla Presley divorced after six years, and Princess Caroline, who used to be hot, of Monaco, divorced Philippe Junot. And famous deaths on this day, Che Guevara, good riddance, punk, AOC, you can, you can think about him all you want, loser. All right, and that is Today in History.
Yes, it's coming. It's coming. The sound that signals science, bitches. Well, if you thought we traveled back in time for history, we're going to travel back in time about 14 billion years on this day, which is when Joe Biden was born. Actually, from Science Daily and Scott Winwald, we're going to tell you that the ESO telescope has spotted galaxies trapped in the web of a supermassive black hole. Astronomers have found six galaxies, six of them, not one, not two, six, lying around a supermassive black hole when the universe was less than a billion years old. Well, our universe is 13.77 billion years old, so this is fucking old. This is the first time such a close grouping has been seen so soon after the Big Bang. And the finding helps us better. That's not the TV show, The Big Bang, by the way. Millennials, okay? Idiots. Morons. And the finding helps us better understand how supermassive black holes formed and grew so quickly. Black holes matter. It supports the theory that black holes can grow rapidly within large structures which contain plenty of gas to fuel them. I had plenty of gas the other night, but... It wasn't spotted with a telescope, but with the ESO's very large telescope, VLT, that's a really bad name and a bad acronym, very large telescope, big ass telescope. Astronomers have found six galaxies lying around. And this research was mainly driven by the desire to understand some of the most challenging astronomical objects. According to Marco Mignole, an astronomer at the National Institute for Astrophysics, in Bologna, Italy, and lead author of the new research public today in astronomy and astrophysics. Well, let me tell you something, just to let you know, the light from this large website structure, web-like structure, with its black hole of one billion solar masses, has traveled to us from a time when the universe was only 0.9 billion years old. Now, to be honest, this this could be total speculation. This could be like the COVID cases that they announce every morning here in Melbourne. They could just be random. People could say that because they're astronomers. So we go, oh, fuck, yeah, it's got to be true. But I tend to think there's some veracity to this. These galaxies are some of the faintest, the faintest that current telescopes can observe. And they expect within less than three months... Ooh, this is huge. Get ready for it. Get ready. In less than three months from now, shortly after Christmas, we should have enough data after seeing the tip of the iceberg that we should be able to actually date the Big Bang more accurately and to even know the actual superstructure of the galaxy and our own and perhaps even understand when our own Earth was formed to the moment. Now, for those of you that can't find your keys or can't start your car or, you know, 
and your husband or wife, brother, sister, grandfather, granddaughter says, you know, did you take the garbage out? There's no, I'm discovering black holes that are 13.77 billion years old and looking at the faintness of the superstructure of the web matter to see exactly when the formation of the earth was open. Okay, honey. Okay. So I want you to memorize that. So in case anybody asks you something a bit mundane, you can come right back with them. And that was today's Science Bitches. Now, since we did speak to that, well, we didn't speak to that. We uh, quoted that astrophysicist from Bologna, Italy. We're going to stay in Italy. You know, I love Italy, love Italian food, Italian clothes, Italian people, the Italian language. Been studying Duolingo for well over a year now. Never missed a day. And there's a wonderful, wonderful man, a mensch. If you don't know what mensch is, look it up. No better, no better term. He was born in Rome. And his family moved to the U.S. when he was young. He modeled for Calvin Klein. He became a huge star on General Hospital, playing Jagger Cates, major film star, and just all-around top guy. And then he identified as a Republican in the U.S. Identified as Republican. And that whispered away his career in 10 seconds. But he has come back. He moved out of California. He moved to Florida. He actually started a construction company, work construction. This guy's not not scared of anything. He's fearless. And uh, you know him as Antonio Sabato Jr. And I'd been reading about this guy and really, really inspired about him. I have a lot of the same values, God, family, country, and a little bit old-fashioned that way, a patriot, and been watching his story and, and looking, and I thought, you know what, I'd love to talk to this guy, and I messaged him on Instagram, and lo and behold, he messaged me back, and here it is a few weeks later, and he's very generously granted some time to speak to him. He's uh, living in Florida in the U.S. now, and he's got a lot of big things happening, and uh, I thought you'd like to hear about it. So, Without further ado, let's go into our interview with Antonio Sabato Jr. This was taped on Monday and uh, pre-recorded. Hello, Antonio. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you doing? Very good. Um, a pleasure to meet you. It is 10 a.m. here in the morning. I know it's about 7 p.m. there in Florida, uh, yep. on the other side of the world. And um, welcome to. Welcome to the Way It Is podcast, and we are here with famous actor, writer, producer, Anton a model, um, bon vivant, Antonio Sabato Jr., and um, good evening, buonasera. Buonasera and uh, buongiorno. Good morning to you. <laughs> Thank you. I've been I've been studying Italian with this online. Um, app called Duolingo. My wife and I love Italy, and we swore the next time we get to go to Rome and Italy, we're going to be able to manage the language a little bit. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Keep it up. Great. Um, well, um, how's things going? How's things in Florida right now? You're you're in the middle of, I guess, starting a studio. You've completed a, a, a book. You've got a lot of projects on the go. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Florida is just amazing. It's an amazing state. Uh, I wish I would have I would have moved out here from California years ago, but uh, doing great. I'm in development on um, uh, pre-production on Trailblazers, which is a, a film that I'm directing and starring with a bunch of my friends and a bunch of cool people. And uh, it's a Western. It's an epic film. And this film is just going to launch uh, the studio, which is Conflict Studios and a studio that's going to, you know, support our country, our flag, and our the history of the United States, and uh, just just to make movies that are good for families, uh, good for American patriots, and good for this country. So um, we're in the process of doing a lot of stuff right now, and uh, we're we're going to make it happen before hopefully the the election in November. Great. So November, you think you'll be in production? Well, we're already in production now. We're just okay. in pre-production, but uh, you know, officially on set, I, I would think uh, I would should I should know in the next thirty days uh, what's going to happen. But we are pretty much set. We have uh, our locations, we have uh, our team, our cast, our script, obviously, and uh, so we're good. We're good to go. Great, great. And um, who is who's the script writer? Just out of curiosity. Uh, Deborah Twist is a friend of mine, and she wrote it with me. I wrote the story with her. Uh, we uh, we really worked on it together. Uh, the story was already in my head. I just needed a, a really good screenwriter, a friend of mine who really uh, understood me and, and and knew where I was coming from and, and got the whole idea. And, and as soon as I told her what I wanted to do and what I was planning on doing, she she fell on board, and we wrote it in like thirty days. Wonderful, wonderful. How long do you think the shoot will be? We have the shoot planning for about two months. Uh, Pre-production will be about two and a half weeks. Uh, so about two and a half months, uh, maybe a little bit more. And uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, it's, it's 29 cast members. It's, uh, it, like I said, it's an epic film. So it's got a lot of action, a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of characters working together and um, costumes, epic Western town, horses, um, gunfights and sword fighting and stuff like that. So, um, we're going to, we're going to work on it as, as much as is needed. Uh, but about maybe, you know, total about three months. Altogether. Great. Great. And you've created this studio down there in Florida. Well, I created a story in my head. Uh, the studio is going to be, uh, opening in Tucson in Arizona. Uh, it's really not, uh, from what I want to do or where I want to, want to, what I'm planning on doing in the next five years, we need to have something that is close to California that is not California. That is the right to work state. Um, I know I, I know the state very well. I love working there. It's got all the locations. I can fly in people in from California in about forty minutes. Beautiful. Uh, and then we'll have one on the East Coast as well. But right now, it's the most important thing. It's it's teaming up with the right people to uh, to start producing this film and uh, and make it into a reality. And we can open the studio really anywhere. It doesn't really matter. But mostly, it will be a red state. Great, great. Um... Yes, Red State Studios. No, no uh, question there. I lived, I lived in California myself for many years, um, and I loved California. It, as natural resources, it had everything. And I was a uh, screenwriter and and producer, so I wasn't coming from the act acting part. And uh, I left California in 1994, so mm -hmm. it wasn't as polarized. Now, back then, it was it was actually quite nice, uh, a lot nicer, a lot better in so many ways. Uh, but uh, there's just a lot of uh, policies and things that, uh, and, and people in high places in Sacramento and in DC that have totally ruined that state. And uh, it's just sad to see, you know, that state could be so it much is. better. And I'm not talking about economically from all the companies that are working in San Francisco and, 
and generating billions of dollars, but hiring people in Taiwan and you know in Asia and Korea and Philippines, you name it, at a very low cost, like slavery. But they make their money in California. But the state, as as a state, it's pretty much bankrupt. I mean, they're just always looking for federal funds. They're always looking for this and that. Uh, building more programs that get people nowhere, and there's more homelessness and poverty more than ever before, uh, and so much more. So it's just it's sad to see. But hopefully, after this election, the American people are going to vote for some people with, with that, that have guts and glory and love our country. You know. I know, and with, without sounding patronizing, it's something that I really adm admire about you. The, the, the strength and the courage, and again, not blowing, as they say down here, blowing smoke, um, to be yeah. able to come out. Um, used to be, if you, if you came out as gay, you, you might, uh, your career might be jeopardized, uh, but now if you come out as a Republican or a supporter of the president, um, the career gets gets jeopardized. And, and when, when you, um, I guess, uh, lived up to your integrity and your, uh, and your morals and hierarchy of what's important to you, that, it's safe to say, cost you your, your career out there in, in California. Well, it costs, it, it, if you look from the outside in, you're not in it like myself, and you know, I build myself back up and probably, you know, I'm doing things that I probably wouldn't have done if certain things would have been different. But uh, sometimes when you're against a wall, and you have to pick yourself up and you're fighting a beast and you're being bullied and you got to stand up to that. And so to me, uh, my integrity is intact. I sleep good at night that I'm on the right side of history and that's all that matters to me. Uh, and I love my country. And so, you know, God, my family, my country is what matters to me. So, you know, I talk about it in my book, you know, I, I just released my, my book and talks about specifically about, you know, my life and the type of person that I am, you know, I, I I've done work. I've chosen products and work and things like that to make money for my for my children, you know, for for my family, uh, and I do the, the same thing your, for my country. The name of your book, Antonio, for listeners. It's Antonio Sabato Jr. The Untold Story, and um, oh. you can get it on Amazon right now. But it's um, it just talks about stories about my life and my family and what we've been through and the hardship and. Uh, you know, we've seen death with my own, you know, with our own eyes. I've seen it with my own eyes. I survived death in so many ways in my life. And so you get to a point where you're fearless, you know, a career is a career, but loving your country and being with the right people and being with facts uh, are good. But, you know, and I feel sorry for people that are on the wrong side of history. You know, those people that are promoting socialism, those people that are promoting more uh, of just the same stuff that is just going to ruin our country. And, uh, and because they don't know any better. And I just hope to God that uh, they wake up someday, you know. I've seen it happen. I've seen people change. I I've changed too. I used to be a Democrat. I used to believe I was many years ago. And when I woke up and I saw the real, the real stuff of what's really going on, and, and um, my son did the same thing. My son is 25, and he had an amazing awakening when he really saw what was really going, in the, going on in the system. Um, then he really woke up. Now he's a full-blown uh, Republican and supports our president. And a few years back, he wasn't. He was a. He was on. He was on the liberal side because that's all he knew. And when he saw it with his own eyes, it's incredible. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in a in a very Republican family in in Iowa. And when I uh, moved out to Colorado and then Los Angeles, I didn't even realize there 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 were Democrats, and uh, it was frightening. <laughs> but uh, I know. But 
back then it used to be rather unified. You could talk a bit of politics and go around to work and um, nobody wouldn't hire or hire you because or, or not because. When, when you came to the States, when did you arrive? Was it 1990, um, your family? No, I, we came here in 1985. 1985. Yeah, and um, it's a total different time, especially in California in 85. You know, it was a much more... Uh, no, it was just uh, like you said. You know, we were able to talk and discuss, and and uh, you could have conversations about politics and things like that. But it would never get to a place that it is now. You know, with violence and destruction. And, yeah, um, it used to more. be like food. If someone said you liked anchovies and you didn't like anchovies, wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Um, but uh, politics, not quite anchovies. Your your dad was an actor. Is that? Uh, yeah, my dad. My dad was an actor, and uh, for many many years, and. Uh, certain things happened to him that happened to me and, and, um, and the same way around. It's just, I guess, life, you know, but it, my family and I would have been through, uh, I, that's why the reasons why I wanted to release this book. It's just some people need to hear positive things, you know, uh, stories that uh, at the end of the day are, are, are making you a better person or understanding more about life that, you know, uh, we have it easy in this country. You know, when you come from another place uh, and try to move here legally and do it the right way, you know, there's complications and hardship and yeah. all kinds of things, you know, and so you appreciate this country a lot more, you know. Exactly, exactly. And um, I guess going into the past a little bit for some of our uh, fans that are my, my age, I'm 67, um, and uh, the females that uh, were the devotees. So what was it like? Um, with the Jagger Cates role, how did how did that all come around? That that was your real breakthrough, wasn't it? Or would you say the the modeling was your breakthrough? No, I think everything that I've done it just helped me out. Whatever it was, you know, I started as an actor, and I'm still acting now. I want to direct and 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 get into production and and writing and stuff like that. And and I have a really good eye, you know. If meeting with the right director of photography i'm always really compelled to do more and understanding more about the, the process of making films i just enjoy that i just really enjoy making them and understanding about them and um from the beginning you know from from the moment i you know and i talk about it in, in the book too you know about general hospital how just educational working on that show was it was just incredible you 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 have to learn a huge amount of scenes on a daily basis and back then it's not like right now right now they've changed the format, you know, they, uh, they don't shoot as many hours, they don't do as many days during the week, but when I was there, it was Monday through Friday, it was all day, and it was scenes after scenes after scenes working with the whole cast. My, my character worked with everybody, so I had the chance to work with really amazing folks, you know, and uh, women and men who are just uh, really cool thespians and people, and it just, so in those two years, I took it all in. I just learned, uh, and I also got myself an acting teacher that would come with me on the set and we would work on every single day on the lines, on the scenes, every, every day. For those two years, I really took that, that time on, on General Hospital as, a, as, a, as an academy for uh, just, just to really uh, take my career to the next level. And I did. You know, it was cool. Any, anybody that stands out that was an absolute joy to work with at the time that was... Uh... Uh, from Tony Gary to uh, Carrie Shane and, and, and Vanessa and uh, Steve Burden and um, Sean Kanan. I mean, I worked with a lot of really good folks. And uh, 
I worked with everybody. It was just, it was just really awesome. And so when you get that much work in on a daily basis, it's like you're performing, you're consistently performing. And, uh, and then I on the side, the sideline, I was always, you know, making sure that I would, I would end up in, uh, in the publicity department in some ways and the cover of the magazines and work really hard on, on, on getting myself on, on promoting myself for what the future was going to hold and create myself a future when I was going to be away from the show. And someday I was going to leave it, what was going to be after. So I was always planning and, Yep. And that was good. It turned out to be good. That was an exciting time in my life. Fantastic. And now I'm going to segue him handily to something I love. I'm a massive fan of the big hit. Um, as I had told you, my, uh, my late son and my uh, young son, Steve, um, we must have watched that thing uh, 20 times, something like that. And uh, Alyssa Silverstone, Luke Diamond Phillips. Uh, yep. There's just some films that resonate with, with you and and we just uh, loved that film. Was it a good experience? Was it a lot of fun? Yeah, it, was a, it, was, it was a great experience. You should definitely get my book because I talk about the, the, the fun times and, and just uh, working on that film and how I got the film. And, and um, yeah, it was great working with Lou and Mark and, and Bo Keem and, and everybody on that show. It was just, um, yeah, we had a great time working in Toronto. We were working in Canada. And we just, what you see on the, on, in the movie, you see, I, I, in the film. We just hung out. We became really good friends. We spent a whole summer together doing this film. We promoted the heck out of it. Uh, and then when the movie came out, it was number one movie in America. So I have a number one movie under my belt. Which Fantastic. Is really cool. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was exciting because the movie cost $12 million and in one weekend we made our money back. You know, it was, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of luck that, that the movie opened up in that particular weekend. Um, it wasn't a lot of competition, but we really uh, blew it out of the water. And on top of it, we had a great time shooting it. We just had a ball. We would go out and hang out and spend a lot of time together and go to clubs and things like that. We, we had a ball. Yeah, it's good to have a bit of luck. Everything takes a, a yeah. bit of luck. Um, just curious, do you, um, I, I know, and I hadn't even known about the organization until the last election, which really became so divisive and, and, um, not to harp on it, was I know a difficult time for you. I know that there is a Republican organization called the Friends of Abe in um, Los An An Angeles. Is that much of no, a... No, it doesn't. It doesn't, doesn't exist anymore. Those people are probably still friends, and some of them are people that I know, and, and they probably hang out and probably have some barbecues here and there, but those days are over. Um, Right now, it's really a matter of if you if you want to come out and say you're a Republican, if you're supporting this president, your career is going to be on the line. So basically, it's up to you if you really want to go that far. But I've seen a lot of people just taking a step back and go, I'm not going to I'm not going to go out as much because I still want to work. Uh, but with people that have other jobs, you know, I'm in construction. I have a backup. I have a backup that I can, you know, if, if Hollywood says, you know what, that's it. Like they tried. Uh, I have a backup, but some people, they don't have that. And they're in Hollywood paying the high taxes, trying to get jobs. There's no work. All the studios are closed right now. The COVID is and that they make things harder in every way, you know, and all these regulations and stuff like that. So they're probably scared. They're not going to say, I'm going to support this president or tweet about him or whatever. Cause then if I go to a casting office and they see me tweeting about this, they're not going to hire me. So it's mm -hmm. not worth it. It's not worth no. it. So uh, mm -hmm. I understand. You got to live with yourself. You got to you know when you go to sleep at night. How how do you see your studio and your projects the next 
next five, five years. Are you still aiming for theatrical with your project or uh, you yeah. We are, we, we are looking, the future is very, very bright. We're, we're talking about streaming. We're talking about every type of, uh, of media possible that we can uh, attach ourselves to or produce or develop in the next five to 10 years, making 15 to 20 movies, television shows, reality shows that, that are family friendly, you know, have ideas about finding the best preacher in, in America, finding the best speaker for God in America. You know, there's just a lot of things that I'm creating right now, but first and foremost, and is doing trailblazers as best as possible. You know, yep. this is a trilogy. We have two films after that, but my whole team of, of you know, uh, uh, my production team is just devoted into making this film as best as possible and, and create content that is just going to be supporting our country. You know? Fantastic. I, I, I know this may sound a bit woo woo and maybe who, who knows, but there, I believe in, I believe in the possibility of unification and magic in, um, values that I grew up with, farm town values, and perhaps your journey making these films, these family values films, will get most Americans, most world people to embrace them and to just wash away the divisive politics and, and think this, this guy was, you know, we made him the, the enemy politically, but he's making films we want to embrace. So maybe this politics division is such bullshit that um, people are still people no matter what, and they can maybe dissolve some of the animosity. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better after mm -hmm. this election next month. But I suppose there might be something with, that your, your pictures can bring people together that normally wouldn't be together to talk about other things at the dinner table. So it's a win-win. A your journey could be rather circuitous and... Um, I mean, going from Hollywood and down to Florida and doing construction and huge changes may have just been um, a biblical journey um, of its own out in the desert, so to speak. Well, God works in mysterious ways and, and he yeah. doesn't make any, any mistakes. So, uh, I, you know, we pray every day and I'm just um, I'm feeling better about my life, the way that I am, my decisions and everything because of the situations that, that God put me through. And he put me through it, but he also put me out of it. Uh, you know, I call it a car wash, you know, I came in and, and now I'm coming out of the car wash extremely clean, you know, so I feel good. You know, the, our, our studio, my idea and what God wants me to do is like you said, reach people, but this is an alternative studio. This is a way to make entertainment. After all, we do want to make entertainment, but all these rules and regulations about how to make films, who to hire, who not to hire, it's getting out of hand. I know. The Academy Award just finally did it, new regulations and policies. I mean, I just want to make films and I want to make films that support our country. I want to make films that support our military, our, our police officers, the stories that made this country great in the last 200 years. I mean, I want to make those films. I want to make films about the true events that happened to our President Trump. I want to make those films. And if I don't create the studio, if I, if I don't go forward with this, there's no chance in, 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 in ever that I'll be, able to, I'll be able to do anything at all uh, in, in this matter. So God wants me to do this for a reason. Um, we're breaking uh, the rules, as they say, but they also brought rules that don't make any sense. We want to make entertainment. You know, I was asked the other day if somebody from the Democratic Party came work for me at my studio. I said, of course. Yeah. But we're not talking politics. You don't come to my studio and say, yeah. I'm going to make you a Republican. You're going to have to. This is about entertainment. We're proud Americans. We're patriots. We love our country. 
And so I want to make things that are important. You know, in God we trust. After all, this country was based on those rules that, you know, God, we believe in God. We, we work hard and, you know, we're family driven. We make mistakes, but also we also are able to redeem ourselves by giving ourselves to Christ. You know, those things are important to me. So I want to be able to keep making those films. And, uh, and that's what we're trying to do. Fantastic. Hopefully God will have ostensibly made you the Moses of the industry, but hopefully he'll let you get to the promised land. Hopefully he will bar you from the promised land. You've been there and uh, um, it's, I, I'm, um, you know, honored to speak to you. We, we share uh, same values. Um, I try to make my podcast as inclusive, but without invalidating, um, you know, what I believe in. And I love seeing the Pledge of Allegiance as you're as your backdrop there. We don't have video right now at this uh, podcast. We will, and I'll be saving this, but uh, it's great. And you're lucky too, God bless you. Uh, at least you're half decent, good looking. So, you know, not, you know, a supermodel like me. So you can at least, you know, look, look good while you're going out there. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> Antonio, anything uh, else that you, you'd like to share? I'm very excited. And I know a lot our listeners, we're in 20 countries now. Um, and uh, growing, only started this in, in March, but uh, it echoes what I like to see in the industry and I'm very excited for you. And um, I implore the listeners to get the book. Um, I'll be ordering it today from my local bookstore. And anything else that you'd like to share? Um, well, you know, if you, if you like to get the book, you can go to amazon.com. And if you like to get involved with our studio in one way or another, you know, we're in the process of, of developing a lot of stuff and also in the process of getting more investors Great. or investor into the studio. So if you want to get involved in something like, or an investment or something you're thinking about becoming a producer, uh, especially in a studio environment, um, get in touch with me on Instagram. You can send me a message. Great. If you're really serious. So I'll get back to you and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, I want to thank all the listeners and, uh, and, and you as well for inviting me over. Thank you. My pleasure. I'll put all those links on the podcast and um, hopefully, God willing, be able to meet you one day in person. And uh, thank you very much. And arrivederci. Arrivederci. Ciao. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it. Great conversation with Antonio, very generous with the time. And uh, it's only the third interview we've done on the show. And uh, early on, we did author and actress, publisher, Kim Ko, who talked about her amazing book, July 17th, and the experience, life-changing experience based on the Malaysia MH17 tragedy, which was shot down. And... Uh, then we had international artist Richard Payne, whose work is astonishing in his metaphysical approach to cre creativity is, is just totally unique, totally unique, but yet so universal that everybody can relate to it, whether you're uh, a professional artist or just a creative start, starting out, just an amazing personality. And I wanted to have someone who... Uh, was from a conservative background, like myself, and uh, had been a victim of all the Hollywood hypocrisy and had just been reading about Antonio for so long and thought, well, I'm, I'm sure he's not aware of the podcast, but uh, he is unbelievably good-looking like myself, so that was the starting base. And No, just kidding. Uh, he is. I'm not. And I thought, well, why not? He seems like the type of guy that's approach approachable, and there you go. So... Um, 
the more you listen to what he says and about, you know, sleeping well at night and living his integrity and, and living his dream and, and no regrets, that's, uh, that's phenomenal. Very excited to read his book and uh, see the next steps there. And that's a sound you won't be hearing much in the cinemas at all because there ain't going to be any cinemas for quite a while. And in fact, it could be the death knell of cinemas right now. Theaters are in crisis. Studios are going to be taking massive, massive hits. Speaking of the big hit. And uh, there's going to be a lot of bankruptcies. Cineworld shuttered every regal cinema in the U.S. as the movie pipeline has run dry. And I said at the start of the podcast, Dune, the long-awaited film, not going to be out till 2022. James Bond, which had been delayed twice, not going to be out till next year. Um, And Tenet, which still hasn't even opened in Melbourne yet in uh, Victoria because of, you know, restrictions and closed cinemas, is struggling against, you know, 1993's Hocus Pocus at the, at the at the box office. It is really, really, really a tough time for cinema. But segueing into what's out and about right now, I did talk about Away, the Netflix series with Hilary Swank, and we finished it all up. We we didn't binge it. We just took it bit by bit, and uh, reconfirms the amazement of it. If you haven't started Away. Get down with that show on Netflix. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. And it's quite plausible. And it's uh, it's a family show. It's a family show. We're in the middle of kind of enjoying, but not really sure where we're at, with Lovecraft Country. And uh, Daniel Diodario of Variety Magazine, I think, encapsulated it, you know, better than I can. And uh, it's territory that HBO has ventured into recently, the work of H.P. Lovecraft, who was the early 20th century writer whose depiction of boundless cosmic evil seems both otherworldly and deeply American. It wafted through the first season of True Detective also, and last year Watchmen used some of those elements drawn from genre fiction to tell a story about race, as lived by generations of black Americans. And while Daniel Adario was skeptical, as we are skeptical of that show's ability to keep itself aloft in the early going, the series' potency and its clarity of central ideas has become impossible to deny. My wife and I had no idea what we were seeing, but we just couldn't let it go. And we've stuck with it and stuck with it. The staging is immense. The plotting is immense. The characterization and the actors are fantastic. It is a really weird thing. It's kind of a monster show with, you know, a lot of black Americans dealing with with terror. And in a way, the monsters are symbolic of the terror that uh, was being a black person in the South in the 1950s. And uh, it's well worth a watch. And you just got to stick with it and stick with it and stick with it. We haven't gotten to the end of the first series. We don't know really where it's going to go, 
but highly recommend it. Not for kids. Very heavy. And the violence is insane. But it's plausible in what's going on. You just can't put it down. Or in this case, turn it off. But what is interestingly bizarre about all this is that the original H.P. Lovecraft, the late author, was uh, a virulent anti-Semitic and a white supremacist. And uh, the fact that this show is culled from his authordom and his letters and stories is, is, is really quite bizarre, quite bizarre. Over on Stan, avoid the Comey moment for even a moment. Even with Jeff Daniels, it's a horrible portrayal of a horrible person, of one of the worst FBI directors uh, since J. Edgar Hoover. And uh, don't waste your time on that one. So, you finally arrived. What the hell are you wearing? It's my ass-kicking outfit, bitch! Well, they say everything happens for a reason. So what was your podcaster wearing? Well, this morning I got up and I put on a black and gold Kenzo polo because the weather was starting to look up. And it's just something easy and nice to wear around the house. I like Kenzo. When I first moved to Australia, I came down to Melbourne a couple of times And in the old shot tower of what is now Melbourne Central, there used to be the most fabulous, amazing department store, Japanese department store called Daimaru. And it left a number of years later. uh, Couldn't be supported. Uh, Stunning department store. It still exists in Tokyo and in Japan. And uh, it still is amazeballs over there as it was here. But it had the most amazing Kenzo men's department, which was the first time that I became aware of the brand, and I absolutely used to live in Kenzo in the 90s and early 2000s, but uh, had kind of gone off the brand a little, the the direction they were taking. In fact, the King of Elwood told me that he didn't like the direction that they were taking. Uh, he's a Kenzo fan, and in fact, he said it with a bit of bitterness, so he, he may have been culpable in Kenzo's death, actually, uh, but perhaps not, because according to a spokesman, um, Mr. Kenzo Takata died of COVID-19, Wu flu-related complications. Um, and the irony of a Japanese designer being killed by a Chinese virus. They, they've always had a symbiotic and yet difficult relationship to Japanese and the Chinese for hundreds of years. But... Um, he died in Paris at the American Hospital at the age of 81. And his K3 brand was quite immense worldwide. And he was the first Japanese designer to have a Pret-a-Porter runway show in Paris in Fashion Week. So uh, um, I do love this polo, which I just cut recently and is in the show notes. And it, it does have his amazing tiger design that uh, I love so much because I love animals and especially cats. So sayonara. Kenzo. But while we are talking about fashion, and we did talk about the amazing Kenzo boutique at the most amazing Daimaru department store in Melbourne, but for the moment I'd like to take a little trip, since we can't take one in an airplane, and zap on over to Munich, Germany, which is a favorite of my wife and I, and talk about one of the most remarkable stores in the world. And I did flag that we'll be talking about 
places to eat and drink and dine around the world. Perhaps while you're shopping, perhaps while you're holidaying, or perhaps while you're thinking of it when you're stuck in the Ring of Steel here in Melbourne. But uh, in the heart of Munich is an amazing, and I, and I cannot underscore amazing enough, department store called Lodenfrey. And pardon me while I probably mispronounce and butcher a bit of the German language, but as the Bonn Times Bureau editor John Vinicur wrote some time back, if stores can have an ethos, then Loden Frey in Munich is one of them. Think of Brooks Brothers, think of Hermes, stores so fused to a mood or a style that their character enters the products they sell. A store that offers reassurance, established good taste, and occasionally a touch of moralizing in their approach. In Loden Frey's case, it seems more a question of self-confidence than self-importance. Why, you could walk diagonally across the Mafiastrasse and buy a Loden coat, or head up towards the Maximilianstrasse, an amazing shopping street, just like Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, or Fifth Avenue in New York, and find a pair of Lederhosen, just the way you could manage to get a perfectly respectable button-down shirt or reptile somewhere other than Madison Avenue and 44th Street. But why fight history? In 1872, John Baptist Frey, son of John George Frey, as in Loden Frey, who founded the company in 1842, made the first coat of Loden, a woolen weave brushed so that it was waterproof and began selling it. The family is still partially involved, but the store does not project an ancestral right to scoff at or demean competitors. What it does have is a rather distinct vision of itself, and if the world contains centers for the sale of mink, tartans, peppercorns, or shooting sticks, then Lodenfrey at Mephistrasse 7 to 9 in Munich is where the discussion of Loden can start and stop. The heavy fashion barrage that brings people in for a Loden cape with embroidered flowers or black Loden evening clothes or a Loden coat lined with a possum fur may slip, but the classic coats suits and dirndles stay put. By the company's reckoning, the Loden coat, a standard in Germany and Austria for most of the century, has been a European classic for over 30 years. At the heart of the store is the top floor, the fourth, where the collections of Loden in traditional Bavarian clothing called Trachten are displayed. The floor is divided between men's and women's section, with the men's side heavier on coats and the women's side giving more emphasis to dresses in the dirndl tradition. The stock is massive. On the men's side alone, 5,000 Loden coats, 3,000 traditional dress suits, and 2,000 jackets. But what amazed my wife and I most when we were first there, and we've been there a couple of times, staying at the Mandarin Oriental in Old Town next to the Hofbrau House, um, where Hitler launched his putsch, in the, I believe it was 1937. And uh, as a Jew, I try and stay as close to that as possible. Don't go in the kitchen. Don't get near the oven. Keep your enemies close. And I do have, as you know, a symbiotic relationship with the Germans. They, uh, they kill our family, but I buy their cars religiously. Anyway, most importantly, as my wife and I first walked into the store, it was, we felt like children going into the grandeur 
there's flowers lining the entire red carpet into this boutique department store, which is not unlike what George's used to have in Melbourne before I arrived here, um, but larger. Uh, not so much a Bergdorf Goodman in New York, not a Barney's, not massive like a Harrods, um, but uh, so unique, so gorgeous. There's a knitwear department. Nobody has a knitwear department anymore. Rows and rows and rows of yellow jumpers, green jumpers, blue jumpers. The sweeping staircase is always lined with beautiful, fresh flowers. The whole floor to the German national costume, as stated before. And the most amazing little ingenuity only the Germans could come up with, because Germans are about order and organization, is a little ticket system. Because when you go to pay, let's say you bought a sweater, a jumper, a coat, a pair of socks, you go to pay, well, they they don't give you the product, they give you a little ticket. And you just have the freedom to walk around and shop, whether it's for another five minutes or another eight hours or go out and have lunch or do whatever. Because they tell you simply, shop as you wish, give the product to the assistant, and then at the end of the day or whenever you're done shopping, you go down to the floor area and hand in all of your little tickets that you've purchased, and then they will give you all your purchases at the end when you're done. So you don't have to carry all your packages around with you all day. It is so civilized, it is amazing. Now, something else that's come out of Germany recently that we, we do need to be a bit aware of, and it's a, an invasion from a lovely couple named Brit Kanja and Gunther Krabenhoft. Now, you might know them from social media and especially Instagram, but they're a lovely German couple and probably about in their 70s from Berlin that um, he's known as the hipster grandpa and she's known as the uh, supermodel partner of him. And uh, they're a very groovy couple. I'd put them maybe at about... 10 years older than my wife and myself. Perhaps, speculation. But they're uh, impinging on our, on our Instagram campaign. So once again, the Germans are invading, and I just want everyone to be aware of it. Actually, they're good people to follow on Instagram because they look amazing and lovely and dance and love clothing and love life. And age is only a state of mind. And of course, I say this because I'm 67, and that's about... 63 years longer than I thought I'd live. But um, check them out. Check them out. Uh, another thing to check out, just completely random, is a fellow named Paul Reagan. And um, he runs workshops that um, do amazing Hollywood treatments for directors and other writers and things like that. A treatment is, is an art. I think I'm very good, but I don't do it as a business anymore. And uh, he does workshops uh, on YouTube, Paul Reagan, R-E-G-A-N or uh, just Google him, or you can check out Paul at ghosttreatments.com. Amazing guy, and um, has had an amazing life in beautiful philosophy. Again, there's no commercial consideration here, just uh, people and things that I love. A couple last things. Uh, those of you that are very active on social media, and those of you that are tired of the tech tyrants, especially Facebook and Twitter, who anytime you post an article, if it's slightly controversial, they just block it or say it's, um, you know, fact check. Yeah, I can tell you what the people who fact check it are like. Um, the big alternative now is Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E dot com for 
your videos because YouTube will shut down anything that they don't like. And Parler, for a Twitter-like experience that's way better than Twitter, that um, you can have a good conversation with and don't have to worry about everything being blocked all the time or um, opinions being quashed. It is all about free speech. So you might want to check them out. And next week, I'm going to be talking about this this cashless revolution that's quite concerning to me. A couple of major stores, grocery stores, that are saying they won't accept cash anymore. Uh, legally, it seems they have to, whether in the United States or in Australia or in the UK. I have checked on it. So in theory, you can just take your goods, and if they won't take your cash, you can just walk out with impunity. But um, I've got an amazing article uh about where this is all going that I'll share next week. It's a huge issue. It's a huge issue on privacy, um, on the economy, on the black economy, and and really your ability to have your own savings and privacy with your uh, with your with your financial life, which which is yours. And next week I'm also going to talk about the phenomenon of real estate shows, whether it's the block here in Melbourne, which I've talked about before many times, which we love, and uh, Location, Location, which is like in its 100th year in the UK. And every time my wife and I watch it, we, we want to move to the UK and buy a house. And uh, literally, it's, it's a magnetic show. And one of our favorites, Grand Designs, which is really the best fashion show ever for homes. So also just a shout out, um, prayers and thoughts to Dan Bongino of the Dan Bongino Show, who uh, I listen to a lot. I get a lot of inspiration from who's undergoing a uh, pretty serious medical procedure. Thoughts and prayers to Dan and his family. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope that wherever you are, that's where you'll be. And as the great Satchel Page said, how old would you say you are if you didn't know how old you was? Blessings to all. See you next week.